The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I'm talking about straight for that logo on the side of your helmet and not the name on your back. Yes, sir. Because we know what it represents. It represents everybody here you see and everybody you can't that we've talked about. I'm here to strain with you, man. I swear to God I'm here to strain with you. Let's go. Everything you got, strain with everything you got. Let's go. Let's go. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills. You're listening to the Off Tackle with John Fita Show with your host, Joe Miller. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Off Tackle with John Phoenix show brought to you by Fictal, Endel, and Elmer Eye Care on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. My name is Joe Miller. I get to sit here and hang out with John on Monday nights, and it's awesome. John, it's Victory Monday. How are you feeling? Victory Monday. I'm feeling good, Joe Miller. It's so good to be here with you. Cheers. Cheers to you. I'll crack my long drink my refreshing finish long drink and pour it into my bills mafia glass i'm gonna be honest those were a hit of the summer in the miller household like they they did a very good job treating us well all summer long on the boat so gluten free baby gluten free important to my wife that's right absolutely and another reason joe miller does not wish his summers away and it's very 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 you do listen to me this whole time (laughs) i didn't think you listened to me (laughs) well there are times when it's painful oh (laughs) well welcome to everybody who's piling into the chat we appreciate it we it's good to see all of you matt bynum is in the room who i just found out on saturday is the editor-in-chief for buffalo rumblings (laughs) <laughs> he was at the he was at the the live podcast at uh, resurgence and like he matt warren showed up and those two were talking and yada yada editor and i was like wait wait <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. he's like yeah hi i'm matt bynum i'm like oh awesome oh, i feel well, hello I, I didn't say i hope i didn't say anything bad well hello monsieur bynum <laughs> uh you're not familiar with the long drink get familiar yes for sure my mom is also in the room she says hi and uh, that she made it Tr- oops tracy it's good to see you karen Idzik is in the room it's good to see richard rush is in the room uh, john fina is in the room 
I am in the room. The Trek reviewer, Karen Idzik. Did I say Karen already? Yes, I did. Pops Mafia. Everybody's yeah. in the room. It's all. It's good to have all of you. And, of course, Smoker Freddy's in the room. But uh, Fina did make the tailgate yesterday. I Dude, it was, a, it was a ball, me walking around with that cutout. Thank, thanks for bringing me uh, to the tailgate. I, um, I don't have plans to make a game this year, Joe. It's just... It's crazy busy with my kids' football. You know, Bruno started at UCLA. What? You're, he's, splitting you're... A, he's splitting a little time, but he gets about 65 70% of the plays. And um, Roman is killing it as a junior. He's a backup on the O-line, but he's playing every position except center. Well, so, you're going to have to change uh, those plans. Uh, well. I got extra tickets, so... For the Miami game and the Giants game, which is a Sunday night game, which means you could fly in on Sunday morning. Mm. I like mm. it. Mm, indeed. I he like said. it. We could see Isaiah Hodgins play in, in a, a different team's jersey inside of our stadium. But uh, it's good to have everybody join us. Welcome, everybody, to the Off Tackle with John Fina show. Um, just so everybody knows, we are recording a podcast. This is a live video cast, and uh, we are Super Chat Live. Do me a favor. Do us a favor. Please like. Uh, whatever platform you're on, please subscribe. Uh, even if you're listening in podcast form on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday, Victory Tuesday, Victory Wednesday, or Victory Thursday. Uh, but before we go any further, let's hear from this show's sponsor, Victor, Endel, and Elmer. Picture this crystal clear vision without the hassle of glasses or contacts. Imagine watching Josh Allen's game changing touchdowns with absolute clarity. At Ficta Indolin Elmer Eye Care, we can make that a reality. Now, in a matter of seconds, with Zeiss Smile technology, you can see clearly and get back to doing the things you love as soon as the next day. Visit us online at Ficta.com and take our free self-test to see if you're eligible and schedule an evaluation. At Ficta Indolin Elmer Eye Care, we are focused on you. Go Bills. That was Jay Spence the King. From- oh my God! Like Velvet. <laughs> do you, do you, I'll, give, I'll, give, I'll give you a clip of mine. Hang on. Nothing builds the thrill quite like seeing our Buffalo Bills march right down the field. Every pat. Why is mine so much louder than his? I don't know. He's he's like Velvet, and you're like uh, glass breaking. Oh, mine was so bad. You don't even have access to mine. <laughs> I did mine in one take, and Spence went kind of looked around. He's like. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. You did yours in one take? Yeah, I went down the drain. It took me about a half hour that I had to edit it. Ah! Take, <laughs> I had to take all the <gasps> out of it. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, I can't imagine what mine sounds like. You can't have breathing in it. Like, mm. that's just not fair. Oh, so we are back to the uh, in-season programming, in-season routine, which basically means that uh, during the show, we're going to talk about our thoughts on the football game. We're going to talk about the good, the things that need work, and then we're going to talk about what's next. So uh, for everybody that's in the comment section, if you've got a question for John, if you've got a comment pertaining to what we're talking about, please jump in and super chat us. It'll get our attention. It'll show up glowing on the screen. We'll try to get to the comments if we see your comment, but we are not paying attention or responding necessarily to comments. So with that, and I'm on the wrong page, I apologize. Let's talk about John Fina's thoughts on this football game. Well, I tell you, if they didn't do well, I think we'd all have a collective <laughs> aneurysm right now. Yeah, it'd be bad. So, I mean, there was there was no doubt that they were going to bounce back and destroy the Raiders. 
uh, except you had some. I listened to your overreaction last night when I was at the airport. Um, but I really didn't. I just felt like that game to me uh, was going to be a lock. Yeah. And they they actually exceeded my expectations. I thought that the Raiders would be a little bit better. But by and large, this kind of falls into a category for me of look at the competition. Look where they are. Look at your play. And just remember, it's not as good as you think, and it's not as bad as you think. Because, you know, they're not going to use this game as the barometer for the rest of the season. I mean, there's certain aspects of it that you're going to coach and you're going to use, and we'll talk about that. But if you, we're not going to see a lot of competition at this level, I think. Yeah, I, I didn't have – I had expectations we were going to win. I just had concerns. I didn't have doubts. Doubts not necessarily. It was just more of a, hmm, how are they going to respond? And I think that's where I was probably off the mark a little bit coming into this week because Sterling uh, said it best at, at the podcast at Resurgence. He's like, you know, Josh Allen and this team answers. Whenever they put a – they lay an egg out on the field, the very next week they answer. And Josh did at one point – what was he, 13 to 13 or 14 yeah. to 14 for a career best? I mean – the throws he threw away, I mean, I think he had five or six incompletions on the whole day on 37 pass attempts or something like that, and several of them were throwaways. One he threw in the dirt like he dirted another ball, just basically trying to get rid of the football. Mm-hmm. Um, this game was, to your point, everything that I think Bill's Mafia and even the Bills needed to see. Otherwise, there would have been probably a 1,000 people naked, drunk, and high, covered in their own feces in the hole in the earth. <laughs> Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Have you seen that story? I haven't, but uh, that describes a, a win also, I think. For Bill's Mafia. I, was, I was like, I don't know which way you're going with that. It sounds like uh, sounds like a Tuesday. Um, a Tuesday in Buffalo? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so you, you mentioned the statistics. I, I'm just uh, I'm trying to look beyond the statistics for this game for things that really encourage me, but by and large, I'm happy with what they did. They went out, they, they, they went to work aside from the first drive, you know, defensively, but that, that to me is something they have to fix. They need to get, they need to start faster on both sides of the ball. It's very, very concerning for me. Yeah. So just, just to kind of let you in uh, on what's going on. So that is the whole in the earth where the new stadium is going. And uh, mm. news for Buffalo uh, reported today, a naked man was charged after he fell into a pit at the construction site at the new Bill Stadium while allegedly <laughs> under the influence of multiple drugs and alcohol. Uh, and what's not in that title part is the fact that he was uh, covered in apparently feces. Um, and it was, 12, it was 12 o'clock. It was like the game hadn't even started yet. Midday. Oh, okay. It wasn't, it wasn't 2,400. It was 1,200 hours. Correct. It was wow, early. I wanna, oh. we, you know what? Honestly, we got to have him on the show. Well, that's I mean, our guest. Had the Bills lost, it may have been just bulldozers just pushing people into that hole. <laughs> People love him when we have Daryl Talley or Eric Wood, but I mean this guy. Whoa, it's gonna put us. It's gonna put us on the map, Joe. That's hysterical. But uh, yeah. So, anyways, yes, all good things as far as the game goes. There wasn't a moment where I was nervous. There wasn't a moment where I was concerned. Even on the the, the fourth and goals that happened, uh, the fourth downs. You know, they 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 turned it over on downs one time, and then there was the one time where it was like you know 
they were standing out there and then they ran off the field and like the, the, the field goal team ran on the field. They called a timeout and it was like, why are they calling a timeout? And then Josh Allen runs back on the field and largely the crowd was very much like, oh, no, no, take the points. You didn't take them last time. Take them this time. Uh, but they did not take them. And Josh Allen threw a touchdown, a two yard touchdown pass. I think that was the one that he threw to Gabe Davis, right? Yeah. Which even in that moment, you know, he's he drops back to pass and then he starts, he breaks out. And as soon as he breaks out, you know, like, okay, we're off script. Not that that's a bad thing for Josh Allen, but when you're on the two yard line, fourth down, the last thing you want to potentially be is off script. And then he throws the ball back across his body, and you're like, oh, dear Jesus. you love, you love that. <laughs> I coach that. I, I go to high school, I tell the kids, the best thing you can do is run this way and throw that way. And if you could close, if you can get your hand over your eyes when you're doing it and throw it up even, nice and high so it's got even. a nice rainbow to it, you're going to be in great shape. Your numbers are going to rock. Oh, that's hysterical. But I right. thought I thought he did everything, as I said on my show yesterday, that he needed to do. Like he he was he was to Jerry's point. He was he was Clark Kent when he needed to be. And he was Superman when he needed to be. And if we can get that and it's it's not going to be perfect. But if we can get that every game or as many games as possible this season, it, it just means great things. And it's almost a step of maturity for him, I think. Right. I agree. Uh but I think the more telling part is how he did it with the underneath throws, the mm -hmm. patience, uh, be and beyond the fact that he did it that way, what I like is that's part of the game plan and you have to work the game plan. Yeah. So let, let's say in the event that they started fast and they were up 28 to nothing, you still have to play offense, right? And if you're just still chucking it down the field, I kind of scratch my head and say, Oh gosh, don't you have anything to work on? Don't you mm. have anything that you want guys to really develop into the route tree? Uh, make sure your spacing is right on certain plays because you don't get enough reps in practice. So that's the part that I really appreciate. They stuck to that game plan. Mm. And I know everybody thinks about the emotional aspect of, you know, the hero complex wanting to chuck it 40 yards down the field. Uh, but there's a lot of work that goes into running those plays in the shallower area and i think that was among other things what i was really happy to see that they stuck with it mm -hmm. yeah no same his willingness is the best way to say it the way that you said it like um there, there was i rewatched the game today while i was working and there was i can't remember what play it was and i can't i think it was to james cook or latavius murray but he dropped back he glanced at him right so he looked at him Almost like not to make sure he was there. I'm sure he knew he was there. Then he hit like a read or two and then came right back to him, which effectively just tells you, I'm not going to force a ball someplace. I don't have to force it. Mm -hmm. Like that guy's there and he's open. Mm -hmm. uh, he hit him and he gained, I think, four yards. And and that's what you want, right? But when you've got the talent that you've got in this football team uh, in that backfield in James Cook, in, uh, in uh, Harris, as well as uh, Latavius Murray, it gives you, it presents a lot of options. And I know that it, the fear is that it's going to take away from Stefan Diggs. It's going to take away from Gabe Davis, who had a great football game yesterday. Mm -hmm. It's going to take away from Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox. But it just does. Can you speak for a second to what it does? It's it's the Ladanian Tomlinson part, right? Like Ladanian Tomlinson destroyed defenses with those swing passes, with those screens. Thurman Thomas did the same thing. What does it do to a defense and how they play the rest of the game when when teams are willing to take it and can hurt you with those those short uh, flat passes to, to running backs. 
Well, you set it up really nicely. And whether it's the the quick swings out to the running backs, a screen, or those seven yard plays, you know, whatever you want to call it, people like to say dink and dunk. But mm-hmm. when a ball goes deep as a defense, you think that's ah, a little bit of an anomaly, right? The guy went up, made a great catch, you know, one handed kind of mm-hmm. deal. He wasn't wide open. The coverage is good. It's a it's it's a pretty low percentage play to go deep like that. But you really break the will of the defense when you're just getting six yards at a chunk. Mm. When you, you know, when you need, when you need five for a first down and you take seven and it's Mm -hmm. not 17 and they were out there. Look at the possession clock. Look at the first drive of the third quarter. They just marched down the field and you don't really go back and look and say, this was the highlight play of that drive. Mm -hmm. It was just a plotting exert your will on the other guy uh, type of drive and that really just devastates defenses you know they want to get off the field and you feel a little bit of um, helplessness right because they're doing it in a in a very surgical fashion yeah so they, they had a nine minute 75 yard drive and a crazy. seven and a half minute 95 yard drive and i believe both ended in touchdowns it's it's backbreaking the defensive guys, and it's a great time to play offense when everything you do works, right? It's like, right. you know, Dorsey, I said it in the high school game a couple of weeks ago. I went over to the OC and I said, hey, you look like a genius when everything works, you know? It's, <laughs> wow, you game plan the living hell out of this. You couldn't call a bad play. But yeah. let's talk a little bit about James Cook and that that gear that he has. Uh, you t- you mentioned contact balance in, in either a tweet or on your show tweet, last night. Yeah. And the show, but, I did both. But but what's very impressive for him beyond that is I like how he can stop and hit top speed really quickly. Mm. And whereas a lot of guys, when they're heading toward the edge, and we haven't had a guy that can pressure the edge. C.J. Spiller probably. Uh, Shady. Shady and C.J. probably. Yeah, was that a decade ago? Uh, Shady was uh, it was eighteen. He left in eighteen, right after the eighteen well, season, I think. Right, but I love how this guy. A lot of guys will give up on it and try to say, "All right, well, I'm there. He's got me outflanked. I'm going to try to cut it back up and you know gain a two. Mm-hmm. I love how he just said, "You know what? I'm going to keep pressing, and I have a little bit more than he does." Mm-hmm. And he looks really, really smooth doing it. Yeah. Um, it's a nice dimension. You think a guy that wants to hit the edge can't work his way up the middle, but he had a couple of really nice plays uh, heading to the line of scrimmage where he was stopped flat footed and gave it a little patience and accelerated and turned what seemed like nothing into three, four and five. Yeah. I I like it. I, I, I don't like last year how we didn't use him. Mm. You know, you defend, when you're me, you defend what the, the team is doing. Mm-hmm. I just do because I don't know any better. But in my heart of hearts, I say, don't throw quarterbacks to the Wolves. You know, be careful about offensive linemen. But running backs want to eat. Like, I think this development for him, they could have accelerated last year. Oh, yeah. It would have been nice to see him get a little bit more. But we have it now. So uh, be careful what, you know, what you wish for. So we have we so we've transitioned to the good. John John segued us perfectly by talking about James Cook, which leads us into kind of the running back group in general, which was great in my opinion. Uh, yep. As much as they all didn't have a hundred yards, you know, James Cook had one hundred and twenty three. I think was the number. Um, Murray or one of them had thirty three, one of them twenty two. But all of them were effective. All three running backs were effective. And 
from a from a fan standpoint, from a a person that didn't play professional football, the run schemes look very different to me. Uh, especially kind of like that delay stretch that they're doing that they keep running to James Cook. Um, they ran it week one. They ran it a bunch yesterday. They found very little success against the Jets. They found a bunch of success at times yesterday in this football game. Um, what are you seeing that's different? Because we have, for the most part, the same guys up front, right? Well, I guess we got two different guards, but for all intents and purposes, it's I'm sure it's a similar blocking scheme, if you will. But what are you seeing different from the run group or from the run plays, the run schemes? Well, the, the stretch is pretty similar to last year. I think there's just maybe a little bit more coaching to it to get to the edge. The, there's fewer of those bunch sets, which you know I despise. Yes. Uh, we've added a little bit of a draw, a little bit of a delayed draw. And I've been thinking about this. And, you know, I noticed this year defensive ends are getting wider and wider into a full nine technique, which yep, we yep. haven't seen for years. They've been closing in a little bit. So what do you do, right? You, you uh, The quarterback can step toward it, and you can get the tackle on him quicker, on the defensive end quicker, and it creates a seam faster. The rub is how do you get to that linebacker? There's two ways to get there. You can throw the guy upfield as the tackle and run up uh, to the middle linebacker. But uh, beyond that, I think that this group just seems to be uh, – operating better together mm. maybe it's maybe there's a little fear uncertainty and doubt right because mm. mm. that uh that last or next to last preseason game was was awful up front mm -hmm. I mean, across the board um but by and large i don't see a, a change in plays i just think that they're they're running them a little bit better and of course we have to look at the, the competition i mean i can't name the defensive tackles for the raiders but tackles, no, I can't either. I can name the guys from the Jets. I mean, Don't. it's a different football team for sure. So again, I mean, and I'll, I'll say this: I'm not going to take anything away from the win. Like if you know, if the offensive line were having a meeting with me right now, I'd be like, "Build on it, guys. Not feeling, mm -hmm. just build on it. Build on it." You know, the worst thing you can do is say, "Ah, oh, they were terrible. You should have beat them." Right? You can build confidence and let confidence breed off of itself. Sure. You know, fake it till you make it, whatever expression you like to use, ride the wave. Of course, you know, I was a professional surfer after my career. So unfortunately, you could only hang nine because one of your toes is missing. But yes, oh man, don't tell nobody. So you brought up the good and you immediately transitioned in the offensive line because you think I'm only one dimensional. I did not. I did not. Trend. I, I did not segue uh, us into the offensive totally line. Totally did. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, let me quick give you a rundown. If we had done our show last week and you said the good, I would have said the front four. Mm. Uh, they're, they're attacking defensively. And it, it, there's an in, maybe it's an inspiration from Floyd mm. because oh. I, I, I like how he plays. Yeah, he's, a good, he's a good player. That can raise the level of everybody's game. Uh, and again, what we talked about is like, I don't care if you get a sack and it's the fourth quarter and we're up, you know, 31 to nothing. You know, we need to have impactful plays when it matters. And we did have a couple of those, right? Epinesa had one. I think um, Shaq Lawson put some pressure on. Mm -hmm. uh, we had good We had good work out of uh, Ed Oliver. I mean, I'm only just naming a few. Yep, yep. But, but by and large, what I'm seeing is we're setting the line of scrimmage on their side of the ball a little bit more. Right. And, and we're more consistent at it. Um, and then I, I'll go back and look at the tape if you want me to, but – I think, you know, Bernard by the numbers played well, but as I watched the game, 
uh, there were a number of instances where I thought he did a great job attacking the line of scrimmage and taking on blockers. All right. And those are the two things that are going to lead to success as a middle linebacker. If you're going to attack and if you're going to attack, take on blockers. Yep. Yeah. That, it was funny because during that football game, I could see a potential, uh, I, I'm sure that you were a part of Twitter during the apology letter phase, right? So the apology letter to Josh Allen and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like there might be an apology letter, potential uh, apology letter from the fans uh, to Terrell Bernard because he he didn't get exposed or play horribly against the Jets. There was obviously the misalignment thing. He looked a little outmanned at times in the run game. But this football game in particular, he looked good enough right i mean he was where he was supposed to be to your point he had that interception which was big um i'm still gonna have questions just about his ability to big boy teams which jerry talks about all the time like in the nfl you have to be able to big boy teams and i'm you know when you're talking about that group milano is an undersized linebacker bernard is smaller taron johnson and then the dvs it's gonna be tough to big boy some players some some other teams Mm -hmm. when that happens but no he played very very well the whole defense i mean matt milano's pick was sick like it was yeah that was incredible Uh, williams was in too at linebacker at the end dorian williams yes he he looked really good you're running like a deer yeah Uh, so (laughs) yes he looked this this is a great game to put things into play that you want to have later on like i said you know with respect to the offense you know, continue to work the things that you don't get enough work on in practice because right now it's like, uh, you know, it's like a chalk drawing. You can mm. do whatever the hell you want. We got mm. the game in hand, but let's think about how we're preparing for the next hard game. Yeah, I think uh, Gabe Davis also obviously played a very, very good football game. Uh, somebody, I think it was Payton, said in the in the comment section that he just looks like he's grabbing the ball differently. So obviously, you know, he was doing the clap, the clam thing for a while, and he got a lot of <laughs> got a lot of criticism for that last year specifically. Dropped a lot of footballs, and this year seemed to be snagging the ball a little more proper. Right, open hands, looking through the window, uh, which is the way that we're all taught how to catch footballs when we're little kids mm-hmm. and we start playing football. Um, but yeah, his effect on the game was important. You know, I I was preparing myself this season for the moment, and and I'm not saying that we're not going to get there, for the moment on the overreaction show where I would say the problem with this football team last year and whatever part of this year it's been is the lack of a true number two wide receiver. Because we had, you know, we had them before. You know, when you're talking about Emmanuel Sanders and the guys that we had on this football team to go with Stephon Diggs for Josh. If you've got a guy that's going to take like demand coverage and demand attention that's important for an offense. And I'm sure you can speak to it when you don't have that. It's a problem. But if if Gabe can elevate that level of play and can play consistently the way that he played this past weekend, I think good things are a lot. There's nothing but uptick, right? This is up into the right. Everything about this game is up into the right. Yeah. Enjoy it. Right. I'm, I mean, Mm -hmm. why not enjoy the game? Uh, But again, what I look at is, did you work on the things that you needed to work on? And I, and I thought they did. Um, I, 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 I gotta tell you, I mean, our secondary still, I think looks okay. I mean, I didn't hear Tredavious White's name called once. Um, he Benford, still looks a little hesitant. Does he not? Maybe a little bit. Right. And I, again, second game of the season, boy, we, you know, I don't like to look backwards, but, Everybody in that room is scratching their head right now saying, huh, 2-0 and would have been a hell of a lot better. Mm. And when you look at the film, 
And that's the, that's the thing. When you look at the film, you could beat yourself up over a, a crappy play or a crappy couple of plays, but putting into context as you watch and I, you know, when I'm coaching, I tell the kids, you don't get a playoff. Mm. You don't get to say, I get to screw up on this one because when all 11 guys do it, then you've got 11 in a game and you can't win with 11 mistakes. You know, you, you strive for perfection. It's, it's not totally, you know, conceivable that you can get there, but you strive for it, right? Yep, you just, yep. if you can eliminate all the, like the massive bonehead things and, you know, occasionally you get beat physically, but you're not running the wrong route or you're not blocking the wrong guy or you're not filling the wrong gap. You know, you can win with those types of efforts. There is a, um, but there were, my point is when you go to the film, mm -hmm. you own it insofar as uh, look how I didn't help the team win. Sure. You could, you could feel crappy for a bad play and trust me, the guys in your room are going to, are going to dig on you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I may have asked you this question in some other fashion before, but it's another one of those topics that's just been kind of swimming around in my brain. Um, you came from an offense that had a lot of hubris, that had a lot of moxie, had a lot of attitude, had a lot of confidence because you had the ability to execute and basically turn it on when you wanted to. And the funny thing is, is this offense has that as well. When they need to two minutes. So uh, one of the guys sitting next to me at the stadium yesterday uh, said something about, oh, great. Now they're going to go to the two minute and probably go three and out and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, uh, they pretty much rock the two minute drill every time. Like they rarely have a problem in the two minute drill. They just flip the switch and they go down the field. All that to say this, since 2020, when Josh made that kind of leap and that kind of that that becoming who they were or were going to become like the confidence in themselves, Diggs, Josh, and, and just as an offense in general with the pieces being plugged in and plugged out, what leads to, cause you guys did it too. And we've talked about it on this show before. What leads to just that laying of the egg game? Like what happens? Is it just, we've gone six games in a row played really, really well. Just that marginal lack of focus. Maybe we come up against an opponent that just, wanted it way more than we did and you sit there on the field never going, say that okay never say that that's one of the ones that makes my i want it there was, ne mean, there, there was never one time we didn't put a, a, a bad product out there that there, there was never I mean. one time on an nfl field when you were like man these guys are just mean like they're just not no, nice but, today well, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's like, every day but it, that has nothing to do with wanting it i mean you you prepare you know, I sometimes they have a better game plan, and, mm -hmm. and then you there is bad luck, right? Sure. I mean, the odds are just so far against yeah. going undefeated in a season, so it's going to come. So right. if you're on a six game stretch, you know you're not like, well, we're going to have to concede one just to satisfy the odds, gods, right? right no, right. you're not doing that. Gotcha. But how does it happen? Usually you know, you end up with kind of an anomalous play in the beginning, mm. a, a big missed tackle or a busted coverage, miscommunication, um, a big pick in your own territory, uh, a guy that fumbles and never fumbles, mm. you know, and you kind of like, whoa. And then, you know, you're kind of trying to claw your way back. Mm. And, but meanwhile, when you are that team, you got a target on your back. And the other team feels like it doesn't matter how the good thing came. It might've been an anomaly. Mm. We're, we're going to continue to build on that. Gotcha. I just always wonder, cause like you guys did the same thing. This team does you next game back, you answer, 
like right you answer the bell you make up game and everything a get right game and everything is honky dory from then on it's just it just perplexes me and, and as a fan and obviously i'm not well, in the room i, I mean but. the only guy the only teams that can do that are the ones that have 11 game win seasons right everybody else mm-hmm. in the middle doesn't get to have that right. sort of perspective where oh we we laid an egg in the middle of the season your whole season is like a, an egg and a hatch an egg and a hatch right <laughs> Fair. We're hatchet chickens in Buffalo, baby. I don't know. These analogies, I, I, they're just coming out. They're just coming out. So what else? Let's let's wrap up the good because we're not going to have a whole lot of time to spend on the bad or the the work, mm-hmm. what what needs work. What else stuck out to you as just good in this football game that you saw? Well, I, I think they looked like they were having fun on defense. They were swarming, um, celebrating. On offense, you know, they looked cohesive. Mm-hmm. They looked um, they looked confident, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, that kind of exudes at you when you're watching TV and you're catching faces, right? And just looking for the type of excitement that you want. And even if you may have to manufacture it just a little bit, it's contagious, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I like that a lot. And I think that given... Given where we are with football now, it's almost like you're afraid to, to have too much fun because everything you're under the microscope for everything. So you don't want to over celebrate. You don't want to pretend like it's too, you know, so you, everybody's going to pick apart every comment you make, every action you take on the field. But I, I like to see that energy. And I mm-hmm. think that was that was definitely a good from this game. Yeah, there was, there was, there was, it was a very complete game. Coach said that, you know, we played complimentary football from all sides, which we did. Uh, they gave up, they gave up what one, one long kickoff return, which, you know, at that point in time, the crowd, when they kicked the ball off to the two or the one and they tackle them at the 15, everybody's like, yes, this is amazing. And then the one time, like the dude returns it to the whatever 35 or the 34 like the crowd's losing their minds like why don't we just kick it through the end zone um it's funny how <laughs> fans are about stuff like that and it's like it's well like, you got to practice coverage too don't you i mean you can't you can't practice it live in practice you don't have to you could just kick it out of the end zone well, every you don't all, well you know what every time i line up on the golf course my intention is to hit a 270 yard drive straight <laughs> down the pipe right right every time yeah how often does it happen Every time I pass protect, I wanted my right hand on the inside shoulder, my left hand on the breastplate, yeah, perfect yeah. feet, lower than the guy, locked out. Yep. And... I know she didn't answer that question on how often it actually happens, but that's oh, right. on the golf course. Yeah, on the golf course. I did all right this weekend. I played Vegas Friday at the uh, TPC Las Vegas. Must be nice. Must be nice to you. Must have a great job that you get to golf all the time like that. Uh, if only I could work golf. for this. If only I could work for the same company you work for. My golf mostly happens <laughs> on the weekend. Um, <clears throat> anyway, that's my good. I, that's the end of it. I thought we talked a lot about it. We but- did. It's all about how can you carry the feeling over with confidence and not the word that you and I are single-handedly bringing back to the world, hubris, right? Mm-hmm. How, how can you do that? How can you remain focused? Humble. Uh, humble, hungry. And we're going to need a lot of that. It's a long season, right? Uh, the, uh, more than anything, you know, knock on knock on wood injuries low are the yeah. are the greatest thing that can happen if josh allen and the rest of the offense can do one thing for me all season long here's what i want no three and outs not a single three and out from here forward 
If they, you started the have, game, they started the game with two bad runs and a bad pass, three and out. <laughs> right. But if you can think about it this way, how much time do you chew off the clock? How much more do you learn about the defense you're playing? If every drive you can have at least a minimum of five plays. This isn't part of the work. This is part of the good or part of the obvious. It should be, a, you know, there's a lot of people in this fan base that talk about how the, you know, this coaching staff fails to adjust. I hear it on the radio all the time. Oh, if they just knew how to adjust and adjust and they don't adjust and blah. But it not only have we seen them adjust, come out at halftime and, and end up smoking teams, basically shut them down on defense and, you know, the offense destroys them. It's very, um, we have seen this team a lot since McDermott got here see the the opposing team's offense go right down the field and score a touchdown and then basically house them for the rest of the game. Do you see the subtle things that they do or is it is it a look back thing for you where you've got to go through and look back to find out okay they're they've changed this or they've changed that but they clearly adjusted after that first drive. Hmm. So I'm not the defensive wizard that you are. <laughs> okay. But I I do hate platitudes, right? Yeah. So like, oh, they don't adjust. How the hell do you know? Right. I mean, how many of us in the how many of us lay people can actually figure out how much they change when the plays happen like that? But before I before every play, I look at the defense and I'm like two high safeties or mm -hmm. single safety. They're going to disguise one guy's bailing. Mm -hmm. uh, that you know, are they press? Where are the linebackers? Is the four two? Are they shading one way? They're going to bring the strong down this way. That kind mm -hmm. of stuff. Those those are a little harder to identify than. The simpler things like, you know, you should be able to at this level of fandom see a guy coming off the edge or see an A-gap rusher. Right. So typically the biggest change you're going to see is if somebody brings a lot of pressure to you defensively mm -hmm. and the obvious stuff, either guy coming off the edge, right, to make sure that the quarterback's counting his guys or people coming up the middle, making sure that, you know, you're, you're switching off properly center guard center mm -hmm. um or guard center guard uh those are the types of things that like okay we need to adjust we didn't see that blitz we don't have that blitz pickup right now it's different than the the seven that we really practiced against last mm -hmm. week mm -hmm. uh, what are we going to do how are we either going to take advantage of it we could still allow it to happen but expose it or how are we going to stop the rush and then run our play right now on offense i mean I look at it from a little bit different lens, right? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to decide, okay, after the half or after the quarter, based on what the defense is doing, what should we be doing? Mm. Um, and, and, and it's hard. I mean, that's a lot to digest, right? right? That's why there's, you know, 26 coaches and offensive and defensive analysts. And, you know, the, there are guys up there in the booth that are just like, kind of drawing stuff up mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. they're like matching it up all right two high safeties on third and six you know on the plus 35 on the minus 35 single high safety you know disguising coming down with the strong you know they're going to sit in the flat what's our tendency oh well we've been going to the seam now that we got two big tight ends so we got to start going to the flat because they're bringing the guy into the middle of the field Mm, so yeah they're watching tendencies at that point in time mm -hmm. let's adjust and get to the work and i have one topic uh because there wasn't a whole lot to necessarily bring up and i'm going to show you a picture um and i think you've already seen it but what what is your first thought when you you, you know the picture that i'm showing you oh right? i saw it yeah, yeah so just so everybody that, that's listening in podcast form 
knows. This is the picture that Takeo Spikes posted during after the football game. He basically said it was great to be in Buffalo. I'll read it. Uh, congrats, Buffalo Bills, for getting a dominant win in a home opener. I wish I could have stayed for the entire game, but seating accommodations were not the standard. How are you going to have NFL legends supporting with this obstructed sample size of a view? Felt like I was in time timeout. So basically, the picture is Takeo Spikes sitting in a booth. Uh, in a not a box necessarily the big huge suites like the the big mm-hmm. MT suite and he can't see uh about a quarter of the field due to the fact that the upper deck is in his viewing so NFL legend Buffalo Bills legend this to me made me sad <laughs> well okay you know the, you asked me what my first thought is need a new stadium we oh, def- definitely need a new stadium box, right? Yes. But, but, but hey, and, someone's got to sit there. Uh, I, look, I, if they're going to fly me back and put me there, I'd, I'll lay down right there across the seats <laughs> and watch the game. Lay down, lay down on, on your stomach. Like Costanza, I'll be like Costanza. <laughs> I, I, I got, I mean, I got into several different Twitter conversations because of this picture. Um, and, and, you know, this is something that I feel like as a fan, as a person that's been a season ticket holder for a very, very long time, as a person who clearly buys Buffalo Bills gear, I want my ownership to do better, right? So either do it right or don't do it. And that should be the Well, that, I agree with you. I mean, all jokes aside, at, yeah. at, the, at the risk of interrupting you. No, you're good. If you're going to bring them in, do it right. Yeah, if, that should if if, if you're going to be excellent, <laughs> that should be your mantra all the way around. But put it maybe no one from Stadium Ops has actually been in that room. They're like, wait, <laughs> what the hell? This but, ticket just printed out of the damn printer. Where? But, Sweet negative one. <laughs> <laughs> but but what's what's interesting about it is I had a couple different conversations with people on Twitter just about this picture in this moment. And, you know, one person was like, oh, he wasn't exactly a legend in the NFL. You know, he played for five years for the Buffalo Bills. Takeo Spikes, as a Buffalo Bill and as a linebacker, was absolutely 1,000% a legend. Had he not blown his Achilles tendon in Buffalo, he 1,000% would have played several more years here and wouldn't have played for five football teams. He was a dominant, like, world destructor on the football field for the bills. He is a legend period. And what people ask me, if you could bring one, one Buffalo bill back to this team right now, who would it be? I say to spikes. That's where I'm at last year, Mario Williams, but, or maybe two years ago, it was Mario Williams this year to spikes. All that to say this, what is the problem with putting him in the owner's box? What's the problem? If you've got a guy coming back, that's a legend of the game, put him in the owner's box is, is effectively just where I've landed on this. It's like, I know, that it costs money. I know that they bought an airline ticket. I know that they had to put him up and I know that they had to buy him food and they're doing all this stuff, but I don't, I can't imagine when you see, when you see owners boxes, right. In the NFL, whenever they, they, you know, it's in, 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 in new England, it's always Robert Kraft and John Bon Jovi. That's who's sitting in that owner's box. Right. But they're never really slant in, in, in Dallas. It's the Joneses dad and son. And then a couple people in the back, you're telling me that to spikes and his, significant other partner whatever couldn't have fit in the owner's box with the pagulas or whoever the had the pagulas had in that box like i'm sure takeo would have been uncomfortable this is just to me this is just one of those things that potentially um in my opinion needs work now we have lost john fina so john is uh he is his his stream froze which i'm sure all of you probably noticed that he stopped moving with his arm in the air 
and then he popped out. So I don't know if he has lost his internet or what, but uh, we're going to keep going. Um, while we're waiting for John to return, if there's anything that you've got in the comments section, I'm going to, I'm going to turn it. Oh, he's back already. Uh, there he is. I can stop ranting now, monologuing. <laughs> I, think, I think the bills heard me. And they were, that's not my Wi-Fi. I like. I got a mobile hotspot. I'm gonna connect. Finish my freaking thought. So there's somebody in the room next to the one Takeo was in that's got like a big giant wall of TVs with red buttons, and they can just turn all your guys' stuff off. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, it was um it certainly was not awesome, right? Um they they probably could have done better than that. I've been in the stadium, there are better seats, especially that time of year, right? Like I would have sat in the stands rather than there. Although maybe the wings were good. The, the, the wings probably were good. He probably got some pizza logs. He probably got right. So I mean, I'm sure you know Picasso's pizza was there, or maybe it's Lenovo in the sto- stadium. It might be Lenovo in the stadium. But so uh, aside from that, the Lenovo, Lenovo is the laptop people. Right? I said Lenovo. I said Lenovo pizza. Oh, you did? I just yeah, I just talked fast. Lenovo. Don't, don't, don't make fun of my dialect. Lenovo. Uh, so um, other than that, which is something we could probably debate. Um, what what are your what thoughts on what potentially just needs to be fixed up a little bit was there anything you saw i mean i I would like to see them run a little bit more screen in a game where they they feel like they got it under control those it's the live action that's hard to to practice right especially when you know your guys so i'm practicing against guys that i know Sometimes they're not going full speed. The timing is all jacked up. I mean, mm-hmm. in a game like that, start running stuff that you know, it might look bad if it doesn't work well, but it gives you film that you can study, right? It says, okay, well, look, we're going to run this screen. Like, mm-hmm. we want to run this play. Mm-hmm. All right. So we need to understand a little bit more about the timing. And then what do you do when a guy doesn't rush? You know, you set on the three technique, you invite him inside, and then he sits, and then you got to sit. Right. Mm-hmm. So then there's got to be an understanding. And then a lot of times what will happen is the line moves and the running back has to make an adjustment to get his way out of right. there. But right. as, when it's always easy in practice, you know, it's kind of hard to to um, to uh, emulate it or, or practice it, so to speak. But gotcha. it's good teaching film. What else could they work on? You know, I think at some point, I hope that during practice, they're doing a lot of one-on-one um, with the receivers and DBs. I just think you got to keep working that. Mm-hmm. You know, you, yeah. there's going to be a time when you're going to want to lock on on the edges, and they just have to get as many reps as possible. I assume they're doing it. Usually, I wasn't watching those guys. I had my own thing going on during practice. Mm-hmm. So that's my assumption. And, you know, hopefully you're still technique coaching. You know, you got to keep coaching technique. And I think that's – sometimes it's it's challenging because these are all adult males, alpha males. The mm. smell of testosterone is getting really big in the room, and you want to dial it back and take them back to their <laughs> freshman year of college and talk about foot and hand placement. A lot of guys aren't right. receptive to that, especially, hey, I'm feeling good. I had a good game, and now you're telling me that my baby's ugly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd do it. Like they could hire me to come in and just go, kid, your baby's ugly. 
I mean, I, I, I love it. Like if anybody well, you just made fun of me for saying Lenovo and accused me of saying it wrong. We'll check the yeah. tape. We can go back and check the tape. I may have said so. I so I guess I don't want to be too hard on the Bills for the spikes thing because my point is, fly me in. I'll 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 ring the charge every week, uh, and I'll take that suite. <laughs> be you and me up there ducking, looking at the game underneath the rafters, so laying on the floor. Yeah, well, that's another thing too. Like maybe that was designated for people that are only five foot two and under, and you're golden, right? I'm Nick not. Spikes is no, like six I'm, three. I'm I'm taller than five foot two. I know, I know you are. I'm just saying. Oh, like, I oh, think, yeah. we forgot to put him in the tall guy suite. Well, I think while you were gone, my point was is I can't imagine he came with an entourage. So if it's him or him and a significant other or even a best friend that's in town that he hasn't seen, which you come to town and you visit friends all the time. Oh, I haven't seen whoever who lived downtown. I lived next door to him forever, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Like if it's just him and somebody else, there's no reason he can't be in Pagula suite. He, he, there's no reason he can't be in the owner's box with the owner. Right. I agree. Right. So, and that's all. And, and, and literally that that's red, that's red carpet enough right there. That right there mm-hmm. is all the red carpet a player needs or leave them. I don't know if you remember, did they ever stand you up on top of the tunnel and like wave the flag when they did the lead the charge? Did you ever get the chance to do that? Once. Before, once. Did, they, leave them right. Leave them up there. Give them a chair and have them <laughs> sit up there the well, whole the, game. I did, it, I did it on the rollout stand. Like the one that was like right in the end zone. So gotcha. I don't know if they're going to leave that up. I could have blocked a couple of kicks. Gotcha. So next expectations, the Buffalo Bills are headed to Washington, D.C. I'm supposed to go to this football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what's that? And you're not going? Well, I had work travel plans that were going to take me there for free uh, that have since uh, got canceled today. So I have a ticket. Oh. I have a ticket to the game. And I don't necessarily have, uh, I haven't figured out transportation yet. Although my wife did say, just go. So um, we'll, we'll Well, it's out. It's Sunday at 10. So, or at one o'clock there. Yes. You could yes. drive that. You can make it. Well, what's the, sure. what's the drive to DC? It's probably seven and a half or eight. It's, it's nine hours to Richmond, Virginia, which is South of Washington, DC. So. All right. Let's, let's, yeah. let's, let's talk about the commanders for a second. Um they're in a, a similar situation that the Bills would be in had they won the first game to two and zero. But the difference is the Jets, I think, are a quality opponent. Agreed. Um, but they beat the Cardinals and they beat the Broncos. Right. The, the Washington Commanders did. Yes. That's what I said. Yes. Well, you said the Jets. The Redskins. You said that. No, I said we lost to the Jets. We w- we're not allowed to we use. Been, we're not allowed to use that we, word anymore. Jets. Redskins. I, now you made me say it. We're not allowed to use that word. We're going to get canceled again. You were. <laughs> did we get canceled before? I think you. So I think look, you did. <laughs> we did. I, I think you did. I think when you got blipped out. I think you're right. I think the one Bills drive did something. They did. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop it, John. Move on, you <laughs> dork. <laughs> okay, listen. <laughs> if we were both two and zero, oh, we beat a quality team. But the Redskins have beaten the uh, Denver Broncos and the Arizona Cardinals, right? Not a lot, but there's still the confidence, right? This is a team that's been bad for a long time, like not good. Mm-hmm. So what do you have to do? You absolutely have to come out there and destroy these guys. I think right. anything short of that right. is is kind of a failure. Like you, you want when you come out and you play a team like Washington mm-hmm. or LA, you if you don't leave having stepped on their neck nice and hard, you're kind of like 
Oh, oh, right. Like, then you can like you're doubting yourself a little bit. You really got to go out there and beat these guys up. Yeah, I, I like Sam Howell a lot. I liked him in preseason. What I saw from him in preseason, I think that he mm-hmm. potentially has a future in this league. Um, I think that uh, Sean McDermott is going to go a long ways mm-hmm. in confusing him, like he does a very good job of with most young quarterbacks, right? So, um, as far as next expectations, I expect the Bills to beat the Reds, mm, the Commanders. Dang it. You got me saying it now. I expect the Bills to beat the Washington football team. Let's just do that. Let's just call them the Washington because the Commanders is so weird, right? I th- um, I wanted to call them the Washington Football Club, like uh, that, like soccer, Premier League, yeah, yeah. like soccer. <laughs> that works too. Uh, but at the end of the day, I expect the Buffalo Bills to to go in and 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 to handily or not, you know, effectively set them up for a showdown against Miami at home the next week, which is mm-hmm. what we're all leaning into. Now, right now, the Bills are behind the Dolphins by a game, uh, provided the Dolphins maybe lose, you know, let a game slip next week. There's a chance the Bills and the Dolphins could be fighting for, well, they'd be fighting for first place regardless if they both win, but they could actually take a full game instead of a half game on the Dolphins, which would be great. But mm-hmm. um, I'm expecting more of the same from Josh Allen. I'm expecting, you know, to see him play effective, efficient football. I think they play better. I've said this for years. I think Josh Allen, you've heard me say it, plays better in a little bit more of an up-tempo offense. I'm not talking no huddle. We're not talking K-Gun here, but in an mm-hmm. up, which they played in this past this last football game. They kind of muddle-huddled a little bit, got right to the line, and then were effectively in action. And, um, and I like that. And here's the part that you really have to, to fit together, okay? Mm-hmm. So Young, O.C., and Dorsey, mm-hmm. right? When you want to run fast like that, you have to have a play loaded and ready to go, Right. And you have to be able to get that play call in. Right. And that's a lot of pressure. Now, okay, let's say you can do that. What do, what do I want to see out of the game? I mean, they didn't call me today and ask, but I'll, <laughs> I'll send in a memo. I do want to see a, a good variety of plays. So what happens is when you're under the gun to try and, and get a, a certain get a play in in a certain amount of time before the, you know, you get down to five seconds on the play clock. If you're trying to go up tempo. You're looking at a card, man, and mm-hmm. you're start to get tunnel vision yourself as the mm-hmm. OC. Right. So how do you continue to take the blinders off and and, and not just say, "Oh, I got to call a draw or a screen here because I need to call it," instead of calling it when it's appropriate to call right. it. Right. And you know that you're like, "What's the down and distance?" Hey, coaches, third and four. You know, all right, where are we on the field? We're on the we're on the plus forty. What's the play that fits? That isn't the same old damn play that we always run. Mm. And I think once he gets into that groove and they can run a variety of plays that look different than how we ran our offense last year, that's where true growth comes in. Mm. And that's where we always talk, oh, the Bills don't adjust, right? Yeah. Well, how do you adjust away from something if you that's all you do to something that you don't do well or haven't practiced enough or tried enough, right? So, you know, we were a little one-dimensional in the K-Gun offense. And when we struggled, it got ugly because there wasn't a lot for us to, to go to. We had three running plays. Right. And that's it. That was it, we had, right? We had, we had three running plays, and we ran the hell out of them. But when people had us kind of nailed on those, they are like, uh-oh, we got to throw our way out of this. And if they had a good pass game defensive plan, uh-oh, we're in real trouble. Right, right. So yeah. what I what I want from the game is – is to appropriately use that balanced approach with the patients hitting the middle of the field, continue to work. The two people that need to get a lot of work, 
Gabe Davis mm-hmm. and Dalton Kincaid. Because mm. those are the, he those so are the two guys that we need to compliment Stefan and Dawson or Shakir and whomever. We need those two guys to really uh, excel. I am convinced that the first step to being a phenomenal athlete is flexibility. We see it in golfers and all kinds of mm-hmm. people like that. When he was catching those balls and he was basically turning all the way around, like with his running straight and his whole body was turned like an owl back to Josh, catch the ball and just came, come right back around and then just keep running like it was fluid and nothing. That dude has the potential to be very special. Like, very, Mm -hmm. very special. He looks good. Well, John, we did it. We got through this episode, the very first episode of the season, because we did a pregame show last week. Thank you to everybody that has joined us here on the Off Tackle with John Fina Show. Super good to have all of you. Uh, We're going to be here for a full 16-season segment, and then uh, hopefully some, uh, what, three to four post-games? I think that's what we're shooting for this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Post-seasons, not post-games. Post-seasons. But uh, any final thoughts before I get us out of here? Uh, yeah, you know, don't get too high. Don't get too low. Um, Josh, everybody, Josh said that. He said, we're right here. We're right here. Yeah, everybody who panicked and sold all their Josh Allen gear last week <laughs> is like <laughs> trying to buy it back. <laughs> He's the worst ever. There I was, love him. There was a lot of that on Twitter yesterday. And today, like, oh, I want to see people apologizing for saying Josh is washed up. It's like, who said that? Nobody said Josh was done. We were just saying, bro, stop doing this. Like... <laughs> I know, but I, I do love I do love the pendulum swings, right? It's amazing. Uh, it was it easier knock, when I didn't care. It would knock you out if you were in front of the pendulum. That's how That's far right. they far and hard they swing yeah. for sure. But nothing Yo, else. My, my final thoughts are: uh, thanks for having me. Everybody <laughs> in the comments, thanks for coming on. Just be love having you there. Just be glad that you have a view that you don't have an obstructed view of your computer screen. So. There you go, right? Ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into the Off Tackle with John Fina show on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, brought to you by Ficta Endel and Elmer I Care. My name is Joe Miller, host of this year's show. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. You can find that guy on Twitter at John Fina. Please follow us both. We appreciate you guys. Can't wait to see you next week. It's Victory Monday. Tomorrow's Victory Tuesday. It's Victory all week this week. And until next week on Monday, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.